Okay, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 1, pick up from this morning. And I'm going to read part text, verse 10. But we were uh, closing up this morning and looking at uh, just what's going on in this world, this woke movement. You see, even Disney now, is, as well as education, public education, uh, teaching all these gender things, trying to make homosexuality acceptable. And, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's the way the, the, the country is today. We were at the funeral yesterday, and <laughs> there was two restrooms, one beside the other. You know one's got to be a men's, and the other one's got to be a woman women's. I looked at the first one and had a picture of a man and a woman on it. I said, well, I'll go to the next one. Had a picture of a man and a woman. I said, man, I don't even know what I feel like. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, that's, that is just the society today. Because it's a society, we're not to become part of it. And I closed out this morning telling you, we have an OCA, we have a children's church, we have a bus ministry. We have those things because we want children to have the truth and to be saved from that that's going to end up condemning them to hell if they don't come to Jesus Christ as Savior. And so uh, we kind of ended there this morning, and, and I wanted to take up again tonight. So <clears throat> in reading verse 10, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, fear the word of the Lord. Ye rulers of Sodom, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Well, let's pray. Father, these leaders of Israel, because their sin and of what they tolerated, these people in government, these people of, uh, that were just leaders in the land, the people themselves. But those that had authority and power went along with the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God calls them by the name that they allowed as sin in their own country. And so, Lord, I pray that as you warned Israel, and I believe you're warning America, I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would just send a revival of righteousness and true holiness into the local churches of this country. And we'd ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. This morning I told you America's in the condition it is because the local churches are in the condition they are. And the local churches are in the condition they are is because Christians are in the condition they are. In other words, a local church is made up of Bible believers saved, baptized, and living for Jesus believers. That's the church membership. When preachers get in there and begin to bring false doctrine, and by the way, this woke culture is uh, out of hell false doctrine. And so don't, don't try to tone it down. They've taken contemporary music, you know, they've tried to tone down 
this music, uh, even the contemporary, they try to tone it down to say, okay, now it's all right. Uh, toning down homosexuality is not all right. Okay? So, and it's the same way in the church when we try to tone down the sound of the world, but we keep the world sound in. That's not right. That's sin. So, I'm just uh, saying that as we're, we get started here. But we're seeing here what God calls leaders who go, what we call today, woke, regardless whether they're in government, that is government office, preachers, or what have you. And so God likens these leaders to this, and He will judge. Now we see Israel did have rulers that did something about it. And I'm going to give you some references. Now I'm just going to call out the references and read them. So you may want to write those references down because I'll get to them probably before you do. But uh, regardless, I'm going to read some references here uh, that I want you to see of what happened in Israel. Now, uh, the first reference I want to give you is 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 24. And I'm giving you that, and it's an example of which God rejects of a king, of a leader, of one in power. It is a, an example of the wrong thing in a country. As a matter of fact, Psalms chapter 9, verse 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. Now, nations forget God when they change their morals. As we've said plenty of times before, this country is founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic, meaning our Constitution was basically out of the Old and New Testament set because there are principles of morals, of righteousness, and good that are true in all generations. What was true from God's Word that is moral and right back from the very start is still true today. And so we need to understand that that was it about America. And when we forget God, we forget those things, and we go other directions, God will judge a nation. So... As I've said that, pointed that out, uh, I want you to hear this from 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 24. And there were also Sodomites in the land, and they did according to the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Now what's he saying? He said, when God brought Israel and delivered them from Egypt, it wasn't just for all the suffering they were undergoing while they were in Egypt. But also the land now, the people that were in that land. Sodomy, all of these things were happening then. They were happening then. They didn't learn from Genesis uh, chapter 19 where God warned of what He was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. God hates the sin of homosexuality. He hates that uh, sodomite, Gomorrahite sin. And he punishes it. And so, <clears throat> what God did is that he cast out those nations because that was in them. <clears throat> and God, <clears throat> excuse me, God had promised the uh, nation of Israel already because he had promised Abraham 
Abraham passed that, uh, not Abraham, God passed it down from Abraham to his son Isaac, and God passed it down from his son Isaac to Jacob, who is called Israel. That was an everlasting promise. Brother Randy did a great job on that last week, so I'm not going to really dwell on that part, but I'm just saying that was something for them. That land was going to be for them sometime. The process may have hurried up when the people that were there went this direction. But regardless, God would lead them back into that land. But he cast out the children, uh, uh, the, the, the children of those nations, the people of those nations. He cast those out so the children of Israel would come in. And the idea is God drove them out of the land. That's what he's trying to put it across here. Uh, for that sin, for those sins that they were doing. And yet, now it's in Israel. Israel is tolerating it. God does not give a pass to Israel, although they are his chosen people. I'm a Christian. I've got liberty to do what I want. You don't want the chastening hand of God upon you if you are a Christian. Yeah, you've got a free will. You were made in God's image. God has a free will. But because you're made in God's image and you have a free will, God holds you responsible. And he will judge even his own people. So, understand. This is what happened to Israel. It should serve as an example to us as Sodom and Gomorrah should have served as an example to Israel. And those nations that are in the same land that was adjacent there to Sodom and Gomorrah, they should have learned from it. God left a witness what He does when nations go this direction. Now at the time here, King Rehoboam is, is the man that's there. He is the son of Solomon. Remember David, then King Solomon? And then Solomon's son, who takes over for him, Rehoboam. We could talk about the sins of Solomon. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Or, you know, all of that. All that he had like that was wrong. It was evil. But there was also the book of Proverbs. There is also the book of Ecclesiastes. There's the book of Song of Solomon. The implication in the Word of God is that Solomon at the end of his life did turn back and get things right. But perhaps the influence on Rehoboam was wrong, but just because the influence was bad, Rehoboam also had access to that which was right. He couldn't blame mom and dad for that. That was Rehoboam's problem. And so Rehoboam, he's the king of Judah, that northern kingdom, and he corrupted the worship, he corrupted the morals of Judah, of that land. He allowed the Sodomites a place of prominence in the land of Israel. So God allows the king of Egypt to come and spoil that northern kingdom of Judah. He takes much of the gold. I mean, he takes, he takes the gold. 
and their other important goods from them. What happens? Well, their economy <laughs> is in what they call today a recession, if not a depression. I wonder, since America wants to have so many in education and government that now want to give a special place of honor to homosexuality, and they want to take your children, your children, your children, they want to take your children and indoctrinate them in that life. And I think gas prices, not being able to find food in the stores hardly anymore, and all these other things. And you can say, well, I'll just plant my food. Ha, ha. Yeah. Guess what God can do with the weather, too? So, my friend, we're not going to pull one over on God. And perhaps God is allowing these things with loving hope from His part that America might repent. But America's not going to repent if its local churches do not repent. And those local churches will repent when those preachers start turning from those things, getting it right. So many preachers, look, I've known fundamental, independent, Baptist pastors that have turned their churches into either contemporary or toning down the contemporary. They're not going to do what God did before through them. God is going to judge them. That pastor is going to be held accountable first. And then that's going to affect the people of the church. And so, yes, it can happen in this land. God chastened Israel. He scourged Israel. He can chase and scourge us as well. They needed a godly leader, one who follows righteousness. If they want to recover, they better get the right man. I'm not talking about a right political party now in America. I'm talking about a right man, a man who honors God, a man who hates those abominable sins that are so abominable to God and will know in what way try to ensure it. Uh, just one of the, I, I don't do a lot of reading on Sunday of those articles out there. I, you know, I, I'll get that at night during the week. But I uh, saw one today that says, now the military, the Pentagon, the Pentagon is making moves to ensure they can have abortions for all those military female personnel. Is that what you want fighting for you? If they're the ones that are supposed to defend us and God's going to judge them? Think of that. Think of that. So Israel had a king that went the direction that America is going today. 
and God judged them greatly for it. But what about, were there good kings? Oh yes, there were some good kings of Judah. In 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 12 is the next uh, passage I want you to see. This is good King Asa. Now by the end of his life, Asa did kind of mess up at the end of his life. But for most of his life, he was right. I, I remember a sermon I listened to by uh, the old preacher. And he, as he preached, Vance Havner, he mentioned he wanted to be home before dark. He said he saw so many of these preachers. Now, he, he, he's, before he even said that, he told about being a little child living on a farm. Would ask when he got his chores done, could he go next door to play with his friend? Are your chores done? Yes, they're done. Okay, then go ahead, be home before dark. Now, he says, your neighbor next door in North Carolina in a farming community is about a mile and a half. And he knew he had to be home before dark. If he wasn't home before dark, wow, watch out. And he knew that he wouldn't get to do that for a long, long time again. But then he went on to say how God called him to preach, and he was preaching every time I think he was 10 or 11 years old. He, he started preaching that young. Preached up until his uh, late 70s, early 80s. But near, there near the end, his late 70s, he said, had a lot of preacher friends have gone other directions. It, as a matter of fact, he's a close friend of Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, near the end of his life, went a wrong direction. Didn't believe in a hell anymore. Others went other directions. That at one time were strong, good, solid. And you see, his prayer was, God, please take me home before dark. He didn't want to do as some of those old guys did. Well, see, Asa, that's an example of somebody who was a good king for so many years and went another direction. He went another direction. But the Lord led him against an army of over a million, and they won. Because he was a righteous king. And the Bible says in verse 12 of there of 1 Kings, uh, <clears throat> uh, chapter 15, he says, And he took away the Sodomites out of the land, and he removed the idols that his fathers had made. Now, these are his fathers. Those kings that preceded him. He removes those. Idols. I mean, those were expensive things. He got them out of there. He burnt or did whatever they had to do to them. And he, he gets rid of that. But that's not only the things that he does. He does more. Verse 13 says, And also Mayaka, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she made an idol in a grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burnt it 
by the brook Kindred. Now, Kindred was a place where everybody would see, and the people would know the queen. The boy, that's her idol. He's her son, but he's also God's child. And he destroys that which is offensive to his God. He destroys it, has it ground to powder, and throws it out in front of all the people so they know where he stands. He took a stand there for them. All could see it. And it proved God is first in his life, even before family. You know, I've heard it today, God first, family second, and then your job. Beautiful saying, it's rarely true. Rarely true. Usually, if God's in it at all, he's third, not first. Asa is blessed because God is first. He was not going to go another direction because his wife wanted to go another direction or because his children wanted to go another direction. He stayed true. This is a righteous man. He didn't make an exception and allow his mother or his family to be part of the rebellion against God. And he punished them for what they did. His mother's removed. From that position she held. How many parents give in to the sin of contemporary music and contemporary church without standards, either to keep the mama happy or to keep the children happy? And a man doesn't see it. That husband, that man, he doesn't see it. He's wrong. But our God in heaven. He sees it. It's an abomination just as this homosexual perversion was in Israel. Asa's mother's image was an abomination to God. Now I want you to think then of a question I have for our day today. For our day today. Where are the men? Where are the men in this country? Where are the men in our churches? It's unfortunate. But the men that are supposed to be godly men, supposed to be Christian men, they call themselves saved, make Father's Day a farce with your panty-waisted surrender to the leadership that God had entrusted to you in your home to either your children or your wife, and he holds you responsible for that as a husband. He holds you responsible for that as a dad. Even if man thinks you're wrong. Look, when you see in the Bible, God says one thing, whether it's a man in the pulpit or a man in government or a man anywhere else in psychology, why? Why has so many Christians allowed psychology to take the place of the Word of God? You know, the Bible says of Jesus Christ, His name shall be Wonderful. Counselor. 
Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's what it said of Jesus Christ. We find out in Proverbs in the multitude of counsels, counselors. What, is our, what are our counselors? Yeah, this guy studied at this university. He studied at that university. He studied at a Christian university, so he's good in psychology. Well, I'm not putting down Christian universities. What I'm saying is this. The best counsel we have is from the Word of God. There's a man years ago that went to some of our deacons and said, I want to have counseling from the pastor and his wife. We ought to take care of it pay for it. And I said uh, don't waste your money. I've, I've been going to counseling for a lot of years already. Now that gets their eyebrows up. I said, yeah, it's right here. I said, is there a better counselor than Jesus Christ? Is there a better counsel than his word? That's what I've been going by. Now, it, are you saying the counsel that you want me to get is better? You know what? Um, <laughs> he's no longer with us. Now look, God does hold the man responsible in the home. That was the reason when he was given Ephesians chapter 5, he said, I speak of Christ in the church, but he was likening marriage to that. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Men, you've got to be ready to even die for your family. Don't surrender them to the devil. But wives, be submitted unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Why? You're showing what a Christian woman is supposed to be and what every saved person is to be. We're to be uh, submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you're showing. Men, you're showing how you're supposed to love your wife because it's showing how God loves us. If your wife can't come to you with problems in her heart and life, then, my friend, you are making a bad representation of Jesus Christ. But ladies, if you say, no, I can't submit to him, you're making a bad representation of what the Bible says we're supposed to be to Jesus Christ. Now, you either accept that or you reject it. But I want you to know you're not rejecting me. If you do, you're rejecting God because it's his word. And so, uh, don't give up that responsibility that you have before God. Even if man applauds it when you do. When you go woke, by the way, woke may be a new word, but it's not a new thing. Man will applaud your weakness to stand for Christ, but God still holds you accountable for such sinful weakness. And I'm not saying, okay, husbands, go, down, go home tonight and tell your wives off. Now I'm telling you to go home. If those are the problems you're having, let's get down and pray about it together. Let's commit together to do what God says to do. And she won't, won't do that. And just say, just say well, okay, well, I'm going to pray by myself. God, please don't kill my wife. Hopefully that would wake her up. Because God does work in various ways. 
But more than that, I want you to see something else. When we have that weakness to do what God tells us to do, and I'm going to take this from husband and wife to your children, because, Dad, you're still the head of that home. The world may applaud your, what they call, wokeness. The world may applaud the weakness that you have in allowing, okay, let's let them do this, let's let them do that. They may applaud that, but God holds you responsible in protecting your family from the attacks of the devil and from sin. And I wonder, if your children are saved, they go that other way and you wouldn't step up and speak up against it what I want you to understand I'm saying this not on my authority I'm saying on God's authority they're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ if they're saved and they'll count the loss God holds them responsible for their actions but God holds you responsible for how you raise them and where there may be tears in their eyes for what they lost, there will probably be tears in your eyes for failing to stand as you ought to stand as a daddy, as a husband, as a father. On the other hand, your children are unsaved, and you give in to all these things, and, and even if pressure comes from mama or not comes from mama, Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Well, you've got to let them do what they want to do. But whether that kind of pressure comes or not, listen, they don't get saved and they die in their sin. You'll also stand and watch at the judgment seat of Christ as they're cast into the eternal lake of fire. And that blood of your own children on your hands because you would not stand. Now it's time to wake up, not woke up. Wake up. Stand up for Jesus. That's what we're to do. And so, you don't want your children just saved so as by fire. You want him to be well and or her to be well rewarded as a Christian. Mothers, you need to teach your daughters how to be a wife and a mother. How to be subjected. How to live for Jesus. And how to serve him. I'm not apologizing for that at all. But I am telling you. I'm just giving you the truth of his word. And you're accountable. As I am for my preaching. And for myself as a father. And a husband. Uh, don't let this cult culture. Teach your children the way they ought to be. Because that will definitely put your grandchildren in hell. You see, God wants us as Christians to be telling others of the gospel of Christ to save them. But I tell you what, we call that witnessing. This world system in America, it's a, what we call a woke system and it's witnessing to your child to say, hey, this is really all right. 
this is cool. Hey, man, you'll be loved and accepted by everybody. Hey, this is really the way to get ahead. Oh, this will all work out. You better wake up. Because I think the world is working harder in education, entertainment, media. They're doing everything they can to convert your child. What are you doing to convert the lost to Christ and to convert your children, even if they are saved, to the way of righteousness and true holiness? Now, I have one more king I want to show you, and that is my favorite king of Judah. I thought, well, oh, you're going to talk about David now? No, David's a great king. I couldn't shine his sandals. Okay, I don't think he wore shoes. Uh, but uh, he was a great king, David was. I'm not putting him down at all. But my favorite king was Josiah. He's in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 7. And he break down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. You see, his fathers before him that were kings before him allowed that to come in. They allowed the houses of the Sodomites to be built, even there right near the temple. The women making these weavings, in other words, they were making something for these false gods, for the worship of them. When Josiah stands up for the Lord, he is standing up against everything that his fathers had done wickedly and introduced to Israel or allowed in Israel, allowed there in Judah. And the last great revival they had was Josiah. He ordered the rebuilding of the temple to fix it up, repair it, and they found the book of the law. He read it. He called all the people. He called his leaders, called everybody together. He said, look, God's getting ready to judge us. A read it. He made a commitment. And as long as he lived, God protected Israel. He protected them. He protected them. When they were weak, he protected them because he stood up as a leader. Men, stand up in your home that God may protect your home. Women, stand for righteousness as well, that he may protect your homes. There are too many testimonies that I don't want given in here of people who didn't. And today they're living the tragedy of it, not just dying, just to see the lives, the ruined lives. Yes, these hangings for the worship of the false gods who really aren't gods, the ladies, don't try to be popular with the society. Don't try to do that that your kids, hey, my mom's cool. No. That may make your children think, hey, mom's all right. Boy, she's really with it. 
be quite honest with you, and I'm going to say this without, a, without apology to you, it's terrible that we have these panty-wasted men that won't stand in their home and leave it. That act like, oh, well, I'm just going with, with the flow today. Well, that flow is wrong because that's the flow of the world. Don't try to make the devil happy and your children popular at the expense of eternal loss. Don't do that. There must be true repentance among the saved. There must be true repentance among these woke churches. There must be a revival of righteousness and true holiness if this country is to be saved. Babylon thought it couldn't fall, but it fell. Israel thought they couldn't fall, but they fell. Germany, 20th century Germany, didn't think they could fall, but they fell. Russia didn't think it could fall, but it fell. Oh yeah, they're there now, but the Soviet Union fell. Don't think you can rebel against God and be victorious. So I'm going to kind of try to bring this to a close right now and just say, if we're going to regain or be saved from the ruin and the destruction that's coming, that may come at any time from an angry, oh, holy God, who's taken all the offense, let alone from the world, but from the churches and the people of God. What do we need to do? Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a good start. I beseech you, therefore. In other words, that word beseech. I strongly urge you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I've said this before, so let me explain it one more time. A living sacrifice. Sacrifices were usually killed and laid on an altar. A living sacrifice was as the ox, instead of being killed, pulled the plow for the farmer, for the husbandman. He pulled the plow at the direction. Be a living sacrifice that you're pulling the plow, you're doing the work, you're doing the things that God would have you to do. You're doing it for Him. You're doing it as His direction. That's the way we do. And His direction comes straight from the Word of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. Hey, He saved you from your sin. Isn't that reasonable? To serve Him? But, realize also, that word service has a word that it was translated from that in the Greek is a root word for holy. So you're presenting your bodies a living sacrifice and holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, a way of even worship Him with your body by your choices and by your faithfulness and what you do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24 tells us to put off the old man. Put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what a saved person is to do, and that is what we're to teach them to do when they get saved. 
What about 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, where he says, Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust. You know what that idea of the word fashioning there is? It's there. Seeing what's going on and trying to emulate it. But you're emulating it. Your worship of God, your walk with God, you're trying to emulate the world in that, and God doesn't want that poison in your relationship with Him. The former lust, but as he which hath called you is holy, be ye holy in all matter of conversation. That's what we're to be. But there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust. But as he which has called you is holy, be ye holy in all matter of conversation and godliness. All ways of your life. Be holy, because the Lord our God is holy. You can't worship Him in the way that you should worship Him. Oh, you can go to church, and you can act happy, but you can have a false worship that way even, because it's not in righteousness and true holiness. Let's not be a part of the woke world. America must have a revival of evangelism, of bringing souls to the Savior. But if Christians don't get right, and local churches won't get right, they won't repent, admit their sin, and stand up for Jesus, it's not going to happen. But that leaves us with a decision. Are we going to base our decisions on what all the other churches do? Or we're going to base our decisions on what God tells us to do. Because what other churches are doing is not going to make a difference before God. It's what are you going to do? What am I going to do? You see, I will give an account before God. Hebrews is very clear on that. What I preached, what I taught. People get mad at me now, but I don't want to stand before the Lord and have to give a report of, did you preach that or not? And if I did, it's bad for the person who would not repent, but rebelled against it. And that's not what I want. There's no joy in God punishing people. So, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. See, it's not just the rulers. It's the people too. Folks, pray for godly men that are doing the job. Pray for fellow believers that are doing the job, that are separated from this world. Back them up. Encourage them. Encourage one another. That's edifying. But don't let anything of this world take you away from your walk with God in righteousness and true holiness.
Asa, it cost him his family at a point, but not forever. Not forever. He did the right thing. Josiah did the right thing. So let us do the right thing. Perhaps you've got caught up in the world. Maybe you've got caught up in your job and you're doing things that in your job you should not be doing as a Christian. Well, you know, if I don't do that, man, I'm not going to make money. If I don't do that, I'm going to uh, have a hard time making it. Uh, where'd your trust for God go? Where did your trust for God go? Can he not supply your need? Stand up for Jesus. Let's bow our heads, please.